never been a day you haven't been faithful to me your mercy endureth forever forever you give strength to the weak you covered us you are holy you hold nothing back you protect and you provide you are You are, you are, you are the first and the last, oh, the author and the finisher, oh, so faithful. Can we just lift our hands across this sanctuary this morning and just tell God how awesome he is and how thankful you are for what he did in sending his son to die for your sins, to forgive you, to redeem you and give you a home for eternity in heaven. God, we thank you for that this morning. That not even death itself could hold you down. And because you rose from that grave, God, we have a promise to rise with you, Father. We just praise you and we thank you for that this morning. We praise you for who you are. We praise you on the mountaintops. We praise you in the valleys, God. You never leave our side, Father. We praise you. We worship you right now. Continue to have your way in this place. Lord, if anybody doesn't know you in this place right now, or they've walked away from you, God, I pray that their heart has changed this morning and that your Holy Spirit, Lord, brings that love into their hearts, into their souls, into their mind, God, and they come to this altar today and give their life to you. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. All right, um, I told you guys I wanted to talk about this for a couple weeks and then I'll try to move on. And some of you may be thinking, enough already? If you do, I don't care. Because we're still grieving and there's still people dealing with some stuff. So I want to, this is part of healing for me to work through this and talk about it. So I hope you're uh, gracious to me in that for another week here today. And let me get through this and just express what's on my heart and help us heal, help our church heal and... Uh, we need it. So I want to talk about it another week here today. And thank you guys for the continued prayers. I know I said that last week, but I know you're still doing it and we appreciate it. We need them even on down the road years from now. We need your prayers every single day, um, just like you guys need ours. And we thank you for that continued support and getting us through this. Thank you to my extra family that's been showing up the last couple of weeks to, to support us and support me and Appreciate them being here. If you're new here uh, and you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. Um, our son passed away on July 11th of this year, and it's been really tough to keep going on each day. So that's what we're, we've been talking about last week, and we're talking about this week. Um, and we're just taking things day by day, and with your support and God's strength, it's sustaining us to get up each day and face another day. So we appreciate you guys so much. Um, I also want to just give a a serious uh, word of caution to the church um, about saying you hear something from God and it's not coming to pass. Okay? Part of growing in your giftings that God's given you is knowing and admitting that sometimes we make mistakes. I do it as well. Um, but please, 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 for the sake of the person you're, you're relaying God's message to, and their families, use extreme caution and please be 100% clear that you're hearing from God. Because people cling to those words and it hurts when they don't see them come into alignment with God's plan. It hurts a lot. And I understand that sometimes we want something so bad for someone and we may get our emotions in the way of hearing from God and we speak from our flesh instead of the Holy Spirit speaking through us. And I say all this as Paul says in the word, that to speak the truth in love. And I'm saying this with love and from a heart of love. Just use caution when you, you think you're hearing something from the Lord. Make sure you're 100% sure. Because when it doesn't come to pass, it hurts. Okay? As I talked about last week, it's no surprise that the Bible talks about grief 
quite a bit. It mentions grief. Many things in this world can bring us grief. I mentioned some of those last week. The loss of a loved one due to illness, death, or, or divorce brings grief. The ending of a meaningful relationship with someone or friendship. Being laid off from work. Having a dream fall apart in front of your eyes. All these things can bring grief into our lives. And it comes in many different ways. And this morning we're going to talk about grief, but with hope. And that's where I'm, I'm trying to get to and, and trying to convey to you to people that I talk to. We're grieving, but it's with hope. Because we know what's on the other side after this life is over on this earth. So we're grieving, but it's with hope. And what we found out and others have found out before us and will continue to find out is that grief doesn't always follow this predictable path that this is what you do now, this is what you do then, this is how it's going to go. That's, that's not, it's not at all like that. It's not the same for anyone, and each person works to it uh, in their own way, takes their own route in those things, and a lot of times the grief doesn't go away. It's always there. And you just learn to live with it a little more each day. Some days uh, the pain washes over you fresh like it just happened. Other days you find that you've adjusted to it a little bit, and Maybe one day is a little bit better than the last day was. But as you think about grief and as I think about it, that you've got to understand it's a natural part of life. Ecclesiastes 3 reads in part, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to weep and a time to laugh, and there's a time to mourn and a time to dance. I'm in no means dancing yet. But the Bible talks about these things, that there's a season for everything. And ever since Genesis 3, our lives have been marked by this reality of brokenness in the midst of beauty. That God created the Garden of Eden for beauty, and then there was sin and brokenness, and it's, it's, it's been going on forever. And grief's going to come to us sooner or later. Some people treat loss and grief, and grief as an unnatural thing. You know, some people, as they go through things, devastating things in their life, um, they may even try to act like they're not experiencing that pain in that moment. They try to just play it off and, and they bury their, their grief in work or they bury it in play. Or some people bury their grief in substance abuse. They just can't cope with what they're dealing with and what they've been through and grieving over that they turn to things, other things to fill their lives. And, and we know that's not the answer as well. That does not bring hope. But we've got to acknowledge the reality and, of grief. And, and that helps us deal with all those times when we meet loss, when things happen to us in our lives. Um, I've told, I told you guys last week, and I've told some people that I've talked to, that you know, I've preached some messages and, and stayed close to God and, and thought I was prepared for anything. You're not. And that's just the truth. Uh, as much as I preach it and talk about it and say it, once you land in the middle of it, it is extremely, extremely difficult. But I have hope in the midst of it. I have hope. And again, acknowledging that grief helps us deal with those times when we come, when we come into these things and we start to struggle and we go through loss. You know, others may be conce- uh, convinced that as believers... There's no room in our lives for anything but celebration and praise. And I say, shut your mouth. Unless you're a robot, you are not going to go through your whole life. And oh, I'm celebrating because of this. I'm just going to praise because of this. It's a bunch of baloney. And your feelers broke. Because when you go through things, it's okay to feel them. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to struggle. You don't have to just push it aside and act like it's not happening. I'm just happy anyway. I don't believe it for a second. There's a season for everything. And we only deny ourselves the opportunity of healing when we don't take the opportunity to grieve when we need to. You know, speaking of that you have to feel it, you have to go through it, and you can't just act like it doesn't happen and and go on with your life. Jesus lost his friend Lazarus. To death, what did he do? He wept. Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, 
God here on earth wept and grieved. And if he grieved that loss and others in his life, we too can take the time to grieve in ours. We don't have to be rushed through things. I'm going to handle it different than Sarah handles it. I'm going to handle it different than someone else may handle it. Everybody handles it their own way. And that's okay. But we need to do so with hope. With hope. And a lot of times grief can come unexpectedly. We can't always predict when grief is going to come our way. Proverbs 14, 13 says, Even in laughter the heart may sorrow, and mirth or joy may end in grief. Another example of this in the Bible is the death of Rachel in childbirth. You know, what was supposed to be this occasion of, of joy in the birth of a child turned into this bittersweet celebration of a new son while mourning the loss of the child's mother. And again, these things can ar- arise quite unexpectedly for us. And grief, it affects us, mind, body, and soul all over. Psalm 31.9, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief, yes, my soul and my body, it hurts everywhere. As you read through the Psalms, there's several, several throughout it, vivid pictures of how grief can affect us. As David's going through his emotions, his feelings, and he's crying out to God, there's things that are said like, I'm poured out like water. My heart has turned to wax and has melted away within me. My tears have been my food day and night. Several, several pictures throughout the Psalms that know that it's okay to feel the depth of loss and mourning and suffering. When in grief, some people do not eat. They cry, they lose sleep, they feel anguish of their loss. But in the midst of that, and it's something I I told Sarah all through this, and I, I tell other people that you still have to take care of yourself emotionally, mentally, and spiritually while you're consumed with all these other thoughts. We grieve, but with hope. And I love that God knows our griefs, that God knows everything, that he knows our thoughts, he knows our fears, he knows our hopes, he knows our pain. And and I love that he doesn't just know them from afar, some, oh, he's up in heaven. No, he, he sent his son, God in the form of man, to walk and feel those things and, and understand what we feel like as humans. But he also bore our griefs. And 700 years before the birth of Jesus, in Isaiah 53, it tells us something of what Jesus would do when he arrived on earth. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5 says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. So Jesus knows. He knows our griefs. He knows our hurts. And it's not just in this general way. It's in an intimate way with us because he went through it. He walked among us and experienced life as a human being. So, so I know that as I take my sorrows to him, and that's not easy, but he knows what I'm going through. He knows what you're going through this morning. And sometimes this grief will mark us for life. We're going to carry this with us forever. I know we will. We're always going to think about this. Other things may be for a season, and, we, and maybe we find our normal quickly then. But grief isn't, it's not the kind of thing that just evaporates and is gone. And we can just act like it never happened. It can happen in new situations. And it doesn't always take the same form as we're finding out. But I love, again, one thing that the Bible reminds us of and encourages us to do is, is not grieve like people who don't believe in God do. So the sinner walking around in the world right now is not going to grieve the same way that I do because they don't know the God that I do. 
They don't have a relationship with Jesus like I do. So I grieve in a different way because I have a hope in my eternity. I have a hope for Jackson's eternity and where he is right now. The sinner doesn't have that. We grieve, but with hope. With hope. Death is one of the more consistent causes of grief, but because Christians believe in a resurrection, we know that death is not the last word. Death is not the last word for Jackson. Death is not the last word for all of us. And anybody that's been a believer that's gone on before us, that's not the last word. There is hope for more, for eternal life, found in Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Because of Jesus' resurrection, because of what we believe, death loses its sting and doesn't have the last word on our life. And it may last a season, it may last the rest of our lives, but it's not without hope because of who God is. And again, we can grieve with hope. And we know that one day God's going to wipe our tears from our eyes. It's going to come to an end, those days will. And he's going to wipe our tears away. And knowing that our hope in Jesus can sustain us even on the darkest of days in our grief. We know that. We know that. As long as I know that my hope's in Jesus, I can sustain through whatever, whatever I go through in this world. It may not feel like it sometimes, but he will sustain you if you'll lean into him. Lean into him. And I told you guys last week that, you know, from time to time we face realities that we can't do anything about. They happen. And there was an instance in the Bible where there was nothing she could do anything about. She couldn't do anything about it. And God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. She didn't have a choice. You know, the angel comes to her and lets her know that you're going to become pregnant. And she's like, how can this be? For I'm a virgin. And he goes on to tell her that she's going to give birth to the Savior of the world through the Holy Spirit. She didn't have a choice. You know what she says at the end? So be it. Let it happen. But she faced what she couldn't do anything about. Now if you guys will turn to John 19. I'm going to read another part where she couldn't do anything about this reality. John 19, 25 through 27. You guys still with me? John 19, 25 through 27, it says this. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. And shortly after that, Jesus passes away. Mary had to submit her will once again. And there was nothing she could do about what was happening to Jesus. And, and as she's in that moment, do you think the words that Gabriel said to her 33 and a half years ago brought any consolation to what she was dealing with right there? No, I think she grieved a lot. Even though she knew what the plan was, even though she knew all of this, she still was broken and grieving as she watched her son suffer. And I can just imagine her standing at the foot of the cross, seeing everything that Jesus went through, and kneeling down and just being broken over her son, her flesh that she loved, dying and giving up his life for everyone. And I now know, 
And I'm not comparing our story to this, but I now know what that, I know what it feels like. As she sat there grieving and hurting and in pain over watching her son suffer, I know what that feels like. We know what that feels like. And again, Jackson wasn't the savior of the world, but the same feeling that Mary was going through all those years ago at the foot of the cross watching her son, we've walked through now. Unless you've been there, and I hope nobody does have to go there. I know some have, but I don't wish this on anyone. But until you've been there, you don't know. You don't know the pain we felt. You may not know that we stared at him for the 62 days, every single day, praying and praying and praying that God would touch him, along with all of you. I know what it's like. I know what it's like when you come to the end. And they pretty much said there's nothing else we can do. We've tried everything we can. I know what it's like to wish you could trade places with your son. I know what it's like to say, okay, although we're not ready, let him go. All the while still praying and clinging to a miracle. I know what it's like as they unplug things and we sit there and listen to him breathe on his own for a while. I know what it's like now to hear my wife calmly speak into his ear. I know what it's like to hear the breathing get shallower and shallower. I know what it's like to hear someone take their last two and then it all stops. I know what it's like to scream on the hospital floor because your boy's gone. I know what it's like to grieve so bad, so hard. But through all this, I think I was going to have to use these. But through all of this, I don't know how long it'll take to get there, but For me, I know as I grieve, I do it with hope. I do it with hope that I will see my son again. I do it with hope that what Jesus went through, I'm going to see him face to face. What Jesus went through was for my sins. What Jesus went through was for every mistake I made in my life. What Jesus went through was for every hurt that I'm going through now. He, he carries those. He carries the sin. He carried it all. He nailed it to the cross. I know all that. And, I, and I'm grieving with hope in Jesus. I'm grieving with a hope that whenever the Lord takes me home or the rapture takes place, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow at his feet. I'm going to worship him and I'm going to do it right alongside of my son. And many that have gone on before, I'm going to have hope while I'm here right now. Because if we don't have hope, 
we are lost. So we're grieving, and that's okay. And I know you guys know that, and I know you guys are gracious to us, and, and you understand that we're going through some difficulties. We're grieving, we're broken. We grieve, all of us should be grieving about a broken world that we live in that's filled with sin and death. All of us should be. And we're grieving over a life lost, a life that we held so dear to us. But again, we don't grieve like the rest of the people in the world with no hope. We grieve in the blessed assurance of the resurrection that, ours, that is ours through Jesus. That's why I get up still every day. That's why I had the opportunity to go down and witness to a young man in Sester Friday. Because I still have hope in Jesus. And while I'm still breathing, while I'm still here, I am still on mission to win people to Jesus. I sat here on this stage during Jackson's funeral and I told him, I told God I'll do my best to honor you. And I told Jackson I will do my best to honor your memory. That is not me just stopping and quitting and not still loving people for Jesus. To still share people, share with people about Jesus. That's what we're here for. And, that, and while I'm in the midst of my grief, I can still have hope. That's what I'm trying to get to you this morning. No matter what your grief is, no matter what's happened to you in the past, you can grieve with hope. You can put this all on the shoulders of the Lord and he can carry this with you. You don't have to go it alone. You don't have to stay in a pit and in a shadow. You, just, you can step out and see again and understand that the God is walking with you through it all. He is walking with you through it all. And there's hope in Jesus. The praise team will come back up. I've got just a short clip I want to show before we finish up here this morning. Missy, if you can go ahead and play that clip. You guys will stay in this morning. I know that look. And I think about Mary's grief. And what, what Jesus did on the cross for us should be thought about every single day we wake up. Every time we go to sleep, we should never forget what he did for us. And all too often we take it for granted. We do. As believers, we take for granted what he went through. How he offered himself up as a sacrifice for us and our sins and our, our mistakes. All the dumb things we do in life. He takes those things from us. That's what, that's what he did on the cross for us. And I can't imagine that Mary and I, I can't imagine that me and Sarah and our family are ever going to forget the grief. I don't think she's going to forget the grief of what Friday felt like for her. Even, even when all the grief made sense to her, when she understood that Jesus' mission was not death, but it was life. So as we experience this loss and we grieve, again, we do so with a faith knowing that our hope is in Jesus and not in this world. And again, I know, Sarah knows, our family knows, you guys know that this is not our home. This is not our home. Heaven awaits those who have put their faith in Jesus. And this morning, I understand how valuable life is. If I didn't before, I understand it completely now. In my heart for anybody in here, if you don't know the Lord, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. I also know the side of we are not guaranteed tomorrow, so don't wait. Please don't wait. We love that our son chose. I mean, it's all, it's all I, can't, I can't force you to. It's a choice you have to make in your heart. Jackson made that in his heart when he was 12 years old, that I want to put my faith in Jesus. But the great thing is that you can do it at any point in your life as long as you're still alive. This morning, if you're here 
and you've never put your faith in Jesus, I want you to come and I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a simple prayer so you can also have hope and know that this is not our home here on earth. And the reality is there's two destinations for us when we leave this earth. There's heaven and there's hell. And I don't want anybody to go to hell. My son would not want anybody to go to hell. So again, as long as I'm breathing, I will share the gospel of Jesus. I will give people opportunity to respond to that. And I will pray that they do. So if you don't know the Lord this morning, I want you to come up to the altar. It takes a big step. For those of you that have done it later in life, it's hard to take two steps out into the aisle and walk forward. But I I promise you, this will change your life. So if you don't know him, please come forward this morning and talk with me. Maybe you're here this morning and you walked away from the Lord. You knew him at one time, but you know you're not serving him like you used to. Something's happened maybe in your life and you're struggling and and you just know. I've walked away. Our theme for this year is welcome home. You, you have to know that you are welcome home and God's waiting with open arms. So our worship team pr- sings and plays. I pray you respond. And if you're in here this morning, this third group, there's all of us in here that know the Lord that should be more thankful for what Jesus did for us. So I encourage you to find a place at this altar and just thank him for a little bit. Thank him for what he did for you. Thank him for that hope that we have in our lives. And remember his sacrifice that he gave. Father, I just pray right now your Holy Spirit moves in this place. And people respond to you, Father. That your words, Father, came through this. Lord, let them respond. Let them come to you. Let them come home. Let them lay things down, God, that they just can't seem to get over in their grief. Lay lay it down this morning and be free in Jesus' name. Father, I just praise you and I thank you. Do a work in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
anybody else that just wants to come down and thank the Lord for what he did for you? There surely can't be all that wants to just thank him for what he's done and lay it down as a sacrifice of praise. There surely can't be all that want to just bow down before him and worship him for who he is. today that are still struggling with things that have happened in your life it may not have been a, a death of a loved one but you've had things happen to you and you've never ever got over it and I'm telling you right now if I can get up here and talk on this stage and share the love of Jesus after what we've been through you can get through something too you can get through it but the hardest thing is to release it and let it go and let God have it. That's the hard thing because it hurts so deep, it cuts so deep and it's, and it's so vivid in your mind all the time but you've got to let it go or you're never gonna get to what God has for you and the missions and the things that he wants you to do here and now because you can't let go of what the hurt was in your past. There's freedom. There's freedom in Jesus. There's change that can fall off of your life in Jesus' name. There's change that can happen in your life. There's a heart that can be free this morning. As we sing through this one more time, I'm just going to give an opportunity for someone to encounter God and the love that he has for you. And if it's not you this morning, I just pray that you pray right where you're at for those hearts that are hurting right now. Pray right now that they would change, that God would draw them to this altar and they would be free. They would lay things down because it's, it's hard walking around with a heaviness every single day. So God, right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, move in this place as we pray. We seek you. We pray right now, Father, for those to respond that are hurting, that are still dealing with stuff that just can't get past it, God. I pray for freedom this morning. Freedom this morning, God, as we continue to sing in Jesus' name.
pray for those that are hurting and going through things. And I know there are several here that aren't free from things in the past. But I'll wait on God to help you respond to that. I also want to say that through this, through what we're going through, what we're dealing with, that's put a different perspective on things for me, obviously. And I'm not going to do church the same way anymore. And I'm not really sure what I mean by that, but I just know that there's another level that Orchardville Church can get to in God and His Spirit moving in this place that we haven't reached yet. And it's not going to come by going through the motions. It's not going to come by neglecting your word. It's not going to come by neglecting prayer during the week. It's going to come by a hunger and a passion for more of Jesus. That burns in all of us. Because if we can get a handful of people in here that want nothing more than for God to move in their life and to, and to glorify his name, to ma- magnify his name every day that they're breathing, it's going to spread to others around you. It's going to spread in this church. And we have to reach people for Jesus. If we're just coming in every week and it's the same people, we're not seeing people say we're just a social club. We're not about the mission of Jesus. It's not just me. It's all of us working together to talk to people. Get over your fears and realize that eternity hangs in the balance for those that don't know the Lord. Why don't we have that burden and... and That's something God's breaking me with. There's more to do. There's more to do. So I'm praying for a courage and a boldness in myself and us as a church because we have to see people saved. Whether it's here, whether it's out there as you're talking to them, we have to see people saved. That's my heart right now that I want to encounter God when we come in here. I want people's lives to be changed when we come in here. Don't leave the same. That goes for the believer and the non-believer. Don't leave the same. God, again, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, I thank you for strength. I thank you for hope that we can still have in the midst of the trial. Thank you for your steady hand that's always on our shoulder, guiding us and directing us. Lord, I thank you for this church. Father, I pray for a burden in all of us to reach the lost, to be confident in who you are and that your Holy Spirit in us is all we need to be bold enough to talk with people and share your love with people. Help us to build relationships And Lord, when that opportunity comes, it's not about just being nice. It's not about just doing kind things. There has to be opportunity to share the gospel. And I pray we do that, God, that we move past the I'm a nice person. I'm a good person. I do nice things. And we move to that level of I want to share the gospel. This is the reason I have this love in me. I want to share the gospel with you. And we let your Holy Spirit do the work praise you and I thank you for all you're doing for us. I I thank you for your provision and your love, God. We just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Have a great week. You're not dismissed. You are sent. Amen.